Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. season of the cross. I'm loving it. Um, to be back on the subject, <laughs> the cross and the crown. Um, David, uh, some weeks ago now, shared that the cross stands at the center of the universe. We heard that again this morning, didn't we, from Diana. The cross stands at the center of the universe. The work of the cross is far bigger than we can ever grasp or imagine that out of Jesus on the cross flowed a new humanity. Wow. And we heard from Chris, amongst other things, the cross confounds human understanding and the cross disentangles us from the hold of the world. I'm so grateful that that's the case. And we heard from Richard Jones... The cross is the ultimate revelation of God's love in action. It presents and proves God's love for the world. Oh, I'm so glad that God has proved his love to the world. And it proves his love for the world more perfectly and completely than any other display of his nature or power throughout history. We're so loved. And what I want to share this morning needs us to know that. We need to really know that we're loved this morning because I want us to take us a step on, a step further in our journey looking at the cross. Uh, Last November, I had a business trip north and literally hours before the meeting was due, it was cancelled. It sometimes happens. But because I'd booked uh, a night away, I decided to continue the journey and still have two days away. But I gave those two days to the word and to prayer and just to seek the Lord and just be with him. And I felt very privileged that I could do that in in my position running a business to be able to take that time and just free my head to be with the Lord. And on the second day, um, I've never talked about this before. I shared it with Liz following and then one or two other people since. But the next day I was uh, walking up a hill in Northumberland that just happens to be called Humbleton Hill. We could read lots into that. I'm not going to. The point is, the Lord met me on that walk. And I had an encounter with him, which was incredible. And for a whole hour, I was broken. And I wept. And I wept from deep within. And you know, is it Psalm 42 where it says, deep calls to deep. And the sound and the roar, the sound, the roar of your waterfalls... By day the Lord directs his love. And I felt the love of God in an incredible way. Now was that special for me? Well it was, but you know what? We can all encounter God. I'm not in any way this morning putting myself forward to be anything special. Far from it. We can all encounter the risen Christ. He's that real. If you don't know Jesus this morning, if you don't know Jesus... You can know him. 
I mean, really know him. He can be your best friend. And he's a prayer away. So that experience has has sort of triggered this journey I'm on and the word that I'm sharing today. And I'm really honoured, David, that you've asked me and given me me this, this short time this morning. I just want to start by reminding us of a few things, and I'm going to kind of build the story towards um, the, the, the key word that I have. Let's just remind ourselves of a few things that were dealt with at the cross, that are dealt with when we repent. First and foremost, of course, it's sin and death. Let's not turn to these scriptures for time, because there's some other scriptures I want us to turn to, but uh, you might want to make some notes. John 3:16. And 1 John 1 verse 9. John 3.16 is, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. We have life, don't we? Death has been defeated. And 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive our sins. We've heard so much about that this morning. Russ, it was great. Your, your prayer and your exhortation, fantastic. What else has been dealt with? How about sickness and pain? I know we still sometimes suffer. I'm not saying it's 100% whitewash. But on the cross, Jesus did it all. He died for our sickness and our pain. 1 Peter 2, 24 says this. By his wounds, you have been healed. And that's repeated, of course, back in Isaiah 53. We've got an Old and New Testament confirmation there. By his wounds, you have been. It's been done. It's been dealt with. We had a great testimony from Helena. And I've asked her permission just to take that testimony a step forward this morning, just quickly. Helena was very good with us. She didn't share some details with us. She didn't really express fully just how ill she was. For five weeks, between key appointments with doctors, she was so ill she couldn't attend church and she couldn't attend life group, and there were people supporting her. At one time, she had blood running from her ear down her neck. She was really poorly. The antibiotics just didn't deal with it. But when she was prayed for that night, something incredible happened. Because two weeks later, when she went back after that five-week period, they said, something's happened, and it happened two weeks ago, because there's not even a scar. We need to celebrate. We need to celebrate. The testimony of God is powerful, and it builds faith in us. So when we see dimly through the glass, and we experience in part, we have a testimony like that, let's celebrate it. Let's let that be a building block for us in our faith. God can heal this morning. How about this? He dealt with betrayal, hurt, and disappointment. Have you ever read this? Can you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13? Sorry, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. This has really caught my attention, guys. And I've been a Christian 31 years, so I must be slow. 
1 Corinthians 11:23 For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed On the night he was betrayed he took bread I've been betrayed not like Jesus was though I've been let down and hurt I've had disappointments I've sometimes handled it quite well, actually, but other times I've really blown it. I remember on one occasion, I was really stabbed in the back by a colleague, and I ran to another colleague to talk about it, only to find a few months later that he was involved. Sometimes it's you and God, and he can deal with betrayal, hurt, and disappointment, because our Jesus, on the night he was betrayed... He continued to function in his ministry perfectly. On the night he was betrayed, it was all completed with a kiss on his cheek from a friend. He was totally betrayed. But he still continued in his ministry and his mission, undaunted, unaffected, because of the power of the Holy Spirit totally sustaining him in his submission to the Holy Spirit. What else gets dealt with? Jealousy, hatred, bitterness. The scripture there is 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. You know it well. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is never arrogant. At the cross, Jesus heals our broken hearts and emotions, our insecurities and our jealousies. I was terribly jealous before I became a Christian. On one occasion, I was so jealous at seeing... A girl who I liked with another man, another boy, I was a teenager, that I ran, and it was at night, and I ran into a barbed wire fence. And I was hanging, having to unpick this barbed wire from my stomach. Jealousy's crazy times. And you know what? The night I got saved, so much got sorted. The cigarettes went in the bin. The next day I realised I no longer swore. There were decisions I made concerning my lifestyle. But it was two or three days later, I suddenly realised, I'm not jealous anymore. I don't worry that people are talking behind my back anymore. God did it. And he can do the same for everyone in the world, can't he? He's made a provision. What an amazing cross. What an amazing repentance that we can enjoy. The word uh, for repentance in the Greek is metanoia. I know many of us have heard of, of this before. But I just want to read a definition that I think is really helpful. Because it does mean a change of mind. It means a turning around. So we face a brand new direction. But it means more than that. There's a richness to that word that's hard to explain in the English language. It sort of means this. A transformative change of heart and mind. A conversion and transformation. Best approximated in a connotation of conversion and transformation. That's the best way we can sort of reach at what that word means. It's a conversion and a transformation. It's more than just a turning around. Repentance can be far more, I believe, than a lot of us perhaps understand. And my experience showed me something. Because it was a deep, deep repentance Bill Johnson, in his highly recommended book, 
I'll always recommend this book, When Heaven Invades Earth, says this. We repent in order to see. You can't see the kingdom until you've repented and received forgiveness of sins, received the Holy Spirit to live within you. You just can't see the kingdom. Do you remember what happened in the days and weeks after you got saved? Can you remember? For me... I got saved on the 18th of November, 1.30 in the morning. I remember the minute. That Christmas was awesome. Some of the Christmas carols sing about being born again, born to give a second birth. I'm singing these carols. I've been singing them all my life. And suddenly, 19 years old, born again, hang on a minute, look at this. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> the, the, the Christmas carols are all about being saved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots more to see. People said to me when they got saved, they saw the green shoots of spring. Ah, new life. Beautiful. See life in the seasons. Do you remember what you saw with your new eyes? I know we see or start to see Christ, but we see him in so many things, don't we? Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. That's in Matthew 4.17. Jesus, he caught the world off guard, didn't he? He He turned up and brought his kingdom with him. Kingdom means king's domain. King's domain. And the king came and he brought his domain with him. And then, amazingly, gave us the ability to to see that with with our new eyes. Right, I'm starting to get to the key points now. You'll be glad to know. Repentance at the foot of the cross deals with all of these sins and issues. Repentance enables us to see more clearly and to embrace Jesus. But the cross is also the place where the Christian can give God everything. There's so much for us, isn't there? Me, 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 my sins, my health, my life, my salvation. God knows that. He's okay with that. Goodness me. He saved me. And if he saved me, he can save anybody. But how about we make it all about him? It's his world. It's his plan. It's his purpose. It's his universe. It's actually all about him. If you could turn to 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19... Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought, you were purchased at a price. And what a price. The death of the God-man, Jesus Christ. We are not our own. We belong to him. And if you could just flick over to Romans 6. Verse 13. These are great scriptures. Romans 6.13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, 
but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself. Offer every part of yourself. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Yes, he takes away our sin, but it's so that we can now give him every part of our being. I don't know if you've noticed, but when we baptise people, and it's really good to have Jess and family and friends here today. We're going to baptise Jess at the end of the meeting. Have you noticed that when we stand and we talk with and pray with the person, we ask them, will you love the Lord Jesus? Will you serve the Lord Jesus for the rest of your life? And we hope they say, I will. At the wedding vows, Liz wasn't asked, do you love Simon? She was asked, will you love him? And I was asked, will you love Liz? And our answer was, I will. Because there's a permanence to I will, because it's a decision. I will. It's almost into the future, isn't it? I will. I will to do that. My will is set. My decision is made. I will. There's a permanence to it. It's not I do. That's present. Maybe tomorrow you don't. It's I will. And I think will is powerful and can make permanent. Adam, if you could just pop the next slide on, please. The heart of what I want to share today is on this slide. I will say what you want me to say. That's about our confession. I will go where you want me to go. That's about our submission, the submission of our lives to him. I will do what you want me to do so we're available to him. And our confession can be, I will be who you want me to be because our identity really must be in Christ. If you turn to the first scripture, 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. I believe that this can be our prayer and I appreciate uh, for some this might be a big step and for others you're already there. That's great. You know what? We're on a journey and that's okay. We're family. We'll wait for each other. We'll honour and respect each other. I'm not saying I've got it all sorted. What I'm saying is I've had an experience. Something was dealt with in me. And I found myself giving myself to him. I mean everything. I gave the Lord my wife and my children. I gave him my job. I gave him my fears and my hopes and my dreams. There was a depth to the experience which later led me to this this confession. I'll say what you want me to say, Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do and I'll be who you want me to be. We read in 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called when you made your good confession. You know what? We get saved by confessing Jesus as Lord, asking Jesus into our lives and asking him to forgive us. 
But we grow through confession as well. We heal through confession. Uh, We deal with situations in life. We rule and reign through confession. I will say what you want me to say. We must hold to the good confession. And you know what? Faith is a fight, but it's not a physical fight. To worship God is the ultimate warfare, I believe. To, to abandon yourself in worship before the Lord. Yeah. Nothing can touch you other than the Holy Spirit. Wow. And we want him to touch us. Yeah. Fight the good fight of faith. Let's go to uh, the next scripture down. Luke 22, verse 42. I will go where you want me to go. Submission of our lives to the Lord. This is an amazing scripture. This is Jesus on his knees praying. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now, hear me right. This is an experience that only Jesus can ever go through. (laughs) My goodness. But we can learn from his attitude we can have the same attitude as Christ. And his attitude was, Lord, if there's another way, but not my will, yours be done. I will go where you want me to go, Lord. My life submitted to you. Let's have a look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 20 and 21. I will do what you want me to do. 2 Timothy 2 verse 20. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter, will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. We want to be available to the Lord, don't we? We want to be those who are set apart to good works, works of faith. We want to be those who God uses. We can trust him completely. There's no safer place on earth than in the will of God. And let's look at uh, Philippians 1 verse 21, finally. I will be who you want me to be. How important it is in this day and age that we know our identity. Man alive is, is identity the key subject out there at the moment. This is a beautiful scripture, isn't it? For me to live is Christ. Should we say that together? For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. How about we all uh, take some time to mull that over this week? How about we meditate? on that scripture 
For me, to live is Christ. That's not the end of the sentence, is it? The verse goes on to say, and to die is gain. I mean, that's just awesome. I don't want to die today, but if I did, I'll gain? To live is Christ. Let's, let's take some time to just mull on that this week and let the, the reality of that incredible scripture just soak into us. You know, on that hill in Northumberland, I felt myself like never before give him everything. I went beyond asking uh, for forgiveness, wanting attitudes dealt with to a place where I just gave him everything. I didn't want to keep anything. I emptied myself as much as I was humanly able. It was an incredible experience. We can completely and utterly trust our God. The cross was the place where Jesus himself said, it is finished. He meant it. It's done. There's nothing else that the God, man, Christ Jesus needs to do for you or for me. Nothing else. He's done it all. We can give him our lives. We can pray. I'll say, Lord, what you want me to say. I'll go, Lord Jesus, where you want me to go. Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll be the person that you want me to be. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.